believe in change and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectacle. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to uh, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. It's episode three of this fledgling program as we get started talking anything and everything sports. I uh, just got off the air on uh, doing one show, came over to do the podcast, headed over to do another show this afternoon. So uh, a busy, busy Saturday. It's that time of year, and uh, I have to bring in my guy, my guy, the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen. If you are here in the Houston area, you already know uh, Kevin Allen. He has uh, been a part of the family for a while now, many, many years. How many years, Kevin? Ten, maybe. Really? Uh, it's been that been, long? It's been, wow. Been, been time a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, he is the voice of reason, usually. I, I am the one that actually uh, probably says uh, things that I sometimes regret. I should regret. I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, I should probably. If you probably. say it, you are right. Well, you know, I you know I say it with my chest, so <laughs> it sounds like I, it sounds believable. Uh, but welcome, and again, uh, we want to uh, remind you guys you can subscribe, subscribe on iTunes. I want to make that that list of like the hot podcast. I don't know how that works or how many thousands of people have to do that, but you can do your part by tuning in and subscribing on iTunes and checking us out on the SoundCloud page and giving us a listen. And of course on uh, Facebook, uh, on Facebook, you can go to the sports talk with Devin Wade page and the group. Well, a lot to get into. And I want to talk because Kevin is kind of my NBA guy. I want to get into some NBA stuff, but a couple of things have taken place uh, that uh, away from basketball that I want to get into. Tiger Woos. I like him. He, uh, Tiger Woods shot a 65 yesterday. I'm so excited. I'm as excited about this as I've been about anything in a while in sports. I am really excited about this. Give me your, your quick thoughts about Tiger doing his thing. Tiger, uh, is probably one of the greatest golfers to ever. The greatest. Play, <laughs> to play golf. So with him being back in the mix, that's great for golf. Uh, it is, Tiger man. generates so much excitement, has everybody in front of the television on Sundays when he's in, in the running for that for that championship. But I think Tiger did a great thing in order to heal yourself. You got to step back and let that body heal. You can't rush back to try to satisfy people. You got to get yourself together to be relevant again what i like that he said he basically said that his back well actually about his game he didn't talk much about his back or at least not in the comments that i heard uh, the thing that i like that he said was that he's getting back to some of the things he did as an amateur so he's getting back to the basics and he's been one of those guys who's full with his swing even when he was at the top of his game he was always trying to find perfection and it's almost like a jazz musician you can't you know you're trying to seek something and you know it's you don't know quite what it is but you're seeking a, a mythical perfection and i think he tried to do that with his golf game and ended up of course he gets older injuries and personal stuff uh, in you know divorce and custody stuff and paying giving out half your money <laughs> that, that'll take you away from the golf course uh quite a bit 
Uh, so, you know, again, just to see him, let's see what he does. Let's see what he does later today and what he does tomorrow and moving forward. Also, uh, since we've last come to you, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I predicted that they would lose Thursday night to Minnesota. And it wasn't just my usual Cowboy hate. I thought that they would lose the game. I thought that that's the kind of trap game. They have a huge division game versus the New York Giants coming up next Sunday. So in about nine days or, or what, eight days, they have a matchup uh, versus the Giants. That's going to be a big, big, big deal in that division. The Giants beat the Cowboys week one, 20 to 19. The game ended on that controversial uh, no call in uh, on the two-point conversion. But what were your thoughts about Dallas pulling that game out versus the Vikings? Uh, it showed some grit. Uh, with the Cowboys to to dig deep and to to, to pull that game out, uh, even though it did come down to the end, you know it, it it showed something that they're growing as a team. You know, a lot of people are talking about Ezekiel Elliott and and Dak Prescott, which is a a large part of the offense, but with the mixture of these other veteran guys to kind of kind of coaching these guys along, it, 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 they they look pretty good. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, when you talk about the Cowboys, that was the kind of game they have to win. They showed that they could run the football. It's getting to be that time of year. You know, that de- December football is a, is a real thing. And we'll start to see. And I think that Giants game will be a, a really, really big, big game to see what they can do. Uh, I've said this all along. I don't believe in ultimate success for teams who have not gone to the playoffs in a while. And when I say, you know, when you talk about the Oakland Raiders, uh, we last show out we talked a little bit about the AFC West. I don't think uh, I don't think Oakland, I don't believe in Oakland. I don't think that uh, with Derek Carr not having any playoff experience, I think that will hurt them. I think same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. It remains to be seen. Now, my favorite to go to the Super Bowl are the Seattle Seahawks. They had later egg versus against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday. So, you know, they're not looking good. Earl Thomas was out, and I think you see how important he is to that defense. But uh, we're getting into it's getting colder, it's getting wet, the bad weather, the Texans go to Green Bay. Uh, there's some some games that weather will be, play a part in, and now you see things get a lot more intense headed down the stretch. So we'll have to see. Uh, how that happens. One of your teams, your team that you believe in, uh, the New England Patriots, we find out that Rob Gronkowski will be out for the year. How much longer can uh, will, they, will the Patriots stick with him? Now, well, you, we see him dump great players all the time. Is, is he done in New England? No. You know, he's been injured prone the last couple of years, but now Gronk, to me, I think that's the back that he has the issue with, may need to just shut it down and get healthy. But when you look at the Patriots, you have the other tight end, Bennett. Just, yeah, that that takes it, a big load off yeah. of that offense. So he he's a guy that can go in and do it. So you don't you you know he's not Gronkowski, but he's not chopped liver either. He can go in and get it done. And then you still have the man at the helm, which is Tom Brady. What I like about what Belichick does, he never has the great receiver, but he has so many good receivers, and he'll find the matchup that's in his favor. Because if you just have that one star-studded guy. I can just get a defense going to shut him down, but when I have so many just good guys, the question is, who am I going to go to? It may be Bennett this week. 
Maybe right, and, and he's the master week. of that. Yeah. But but I've said for a long time, New England is not going to the Super Bowl. I don't think they are. They are going. And I don't think, <laughs> think they're the going. And now you lose Gronkowski, and that's a, a big, big X factor. Even with Martellus Bennett, you, you still need Gronkowski, I think, in the playoffs. Uh, I did do the poll question on Facebook, and the poll question was, which one of these four teams has the best chance to go to the Super Bowl? And I didn't go with with Dallas because they're clearly the favorites right now. And I didn't no, go. No, they're not. Well, I, I think so. They're I, not I mean, the favorite. <clears throat> they are the best team in football right they're now. They're not the best. Well, I'm, well, they're playing good. They're playing really well. Let me say that. Right. But I don't say they're the best. If you look at it. Who's the on, best team in football in your opinion right uh, now? I will still say the page. But when I look at Dallas, they're winning. They're doing what they have to do to win. And eventually, winning these close games is going to catch up with you because one of them you're not going to win. And, and it'll be interesting to see how they react if they don't win, especially against the Giants. What, but uh, back to the poll question, I eliminated the two teams that were leading their conference. With, okay. With Dallas in the NFC, New England in the a- AFC. Okay. And I asked which one of these four teams, and I'll get your take on this, Will uh, has the best chance to go to the Super Bowl. New York Giants, the Seattle Seahawks, the Oakland Raiders, or the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and of course, people on my page hijacked the question and wrote in <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys because that's just what I get. I get I got a lot a right of in too. Who who who's your right? The Redskins. They won't even go to the playoffs. So Come I mean, on, man. Ra- the Raiders. Are, I mean, actually, the Redskins are six and four on the season. And if you look at, they won't they won't be able to get in. I they don't. Are, they are they in. have to go on a a major win. If if so, the playoffs start today, they're in. No, it's, no, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't be. They are in. Um, so I have to look. See, I don't think They're so. They are in. But anyway, uh, so and, and actually, you didn't vote, so it, it didn't matter. I'm but voting now. I'm, I'm at, no out of these four. Though. <laughs> <laughs> out of these four, man. Okay, you, give me the four again. New, New York Giants, Seattle, Oakland, Kansas City. And 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 what's the question again? Which one is like the best? The best chance to go to Super Bowl? Kansas City. I agree with you. I mean, coming off that Sunday night game, did you? Man, that was a brutal game. Just it, the big shots after big shots. Uh, that was a bruising, bruising game. And uh, I, I look, Kansas City. I think is my dark horse to go to the Super Bowl. I really believe that. Alex Smith played. He, we made plays when he had to down the stretch. That defense is only getting better. You bring back Justin Houston, who's in it, what just his second or third game back from from knee uh, knee surgery. Uh, and then you have Tom Ali and you have Barry in the secondary, uh, Derek Johnson, a UT product, still doing big things. Uh, a great, great defense. They have a chance in a wide open AFC. And we'll have to see how it plays out. Pittsburgh, you want to believe in, but you look at Pittsburgh on the season, uh, what, six and five? They're, they, up they're and struggling. Down. Yeah, that whole division is, is really, really. They're up and down. Man, another team that everybody gets excited about, and we'll talk more NFL. Is uh, is Tennessee? They think that they're on to come uh, late in the season. Want to shift gears here with you since I have you here now, and talk a little bit about the NBA. Couple things transpired: Golden State and Cleveland lose on the same night. When is the last time that's happened? And not only that, the Cavaliers are in a three-game skid. And again, the Houston Rockets go in and beat Golden State for their third loss of the season already. And they beat them in double overtime. We can get into the Draymond Green thing in just a little bit. Uh, but does that affect the way you feel about the NBA at all? Yeah, I mean, and we've shared this uh, a few times where I, I say parity is hit uh, with Golden State. They, they've lost a lot in acquiring Kevin Durant. When you lose Andrew Bogut, who played a huge part in the middle, 
as, as far as your rim protector and rebounder. Then you lose Barbosa. You lose so many guys, and now you get Kevin Durant. You don't have that rim protector. The defense isn't as good. So there you lose a lot. When you look at Cleveland now, people have, have got a chance to look at that crew. They finally finally won one. Uh, so now I think they're beatable, but I still think they're favored in the East. You, you still can't count out Greg Popovich and San Antonio Spurs. You, you know, Doc Rivers has his guys playing pretty good right now. So, you know, you, you just can't nail down one clear, hey, this is who's going to win it. I have been sort of cynical about the NBA since Durant went over to Golden State. And we knew that Cleveland is still the dominant team in the Eastern Conference. So with that, I climbed on my soapbox. I've had to convince myself to stay interested in the NBA, at least uh, uh, sort of work my way towards getting excited about the NBA because I, in my mind, a lot of it is almost predetermined. We kind of know how these things are going to transpire. At least I do. I I know that it'll be, I really believe it's Golden State and Cleveland right back in the finals. And I believe that almost since the finals ended back in June. With that in mind, as the calendar turns and we approach Christmas, Merry Christmas, by the way, But as we get closer to the grand reopening of the NBA season with the Christmas Day extravaganza, I'm relearning how to appreciate NBA basketball. Don't get me wrong, I'm an avid sports fan, so I appreciate all aspects of the sport of basketball. But it's been hard to fight the apathy that comes with being an all-or-nothing fan. I want my team to at least have a chance at the NBA title. And since we here in Houston don't have that chance, I have taken an oath as an NBA fan because, let's face it, in 27 NBA cities, your team has no chance to win the NBA championship this year. I've accepted this fact, and you should too. With that in mind, I encourage you all to take a pledge that will get us all through the 2016-2017 NBA season. Now, I want you to take this pledge with me and just repeat after me. I, state your name, live in, state your city, And my city has no chance to win an NBA championship. And that's okay. Period. Now, sign and date it. And that's your pledge as a a new NBA fan. And guys and gals, I'll tell you why it's okay. Because they're lone stars in several cities worth the price of premium cable slash satellite. Let's start with New Orleans. New Orleans, you get to enjoy a steady helping of Anthony Davis to go with your beignets and French quarters hurricanes. Davis is averaging 32 points and 11 rebounds per game. Next up, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, that earthquake you feel isn't another fracking-induced assault on Mother Earth. It's Russell Westbrook thundering down the lane for another slam dunk. Now, Russie's averaging a triple-double for the season. And Houston. Yeah, Houston, we don't have a problem because James Harden is balling through the universe. Since Harden shed Dwight Howard like a space shuttle rocket booster, he's leading the entire NBA in assists. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. That's right. James Harden is leading the entire NBA in assists with 12 assists per game to go with 28.7 points per game. Now, these are just three examples of soloists doing their thing around the NBA virtually alone. Isaiah Thomas, DeMar DeRozan, DeMarcus Cousins, all are doing big things on small teams. And it's okay. And it's okay to resume getting your NBA on because there's talent sprinkled throughout the entire NBA. What are your thoughts? You can let me know on Twitter at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D, or the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. Kevin, what do you say? 
to that. But am I being too cynical? I know you say, hey, the NBA is wide open. There's a lot of basketball to be decided. Am I being just too down on the NBA right now? Well, I think it's a good thing because now, you know, with like Anthony Davis, he reminds me of the old school. Stay there. Build your team. Right. And, and and then get it to where it needs to be, and then I think it's much more enjoyable when you win that championship as opposed to, you know, I've, I've spoken about LeBron where he goes out and tries to pick his players, who he wants to play with him and things like that, and trying to get the best players. And to me, that, that that's not basketball, you know. You be the best. You, you, you're trying to get all of right. this help around you, you know, but – I guess. Is this a throwback? I mean, I don't, you know, see, this is the deal. I think this is something relatively new to the NBA in this way. And when I say this, we've always had those single stars. But okay, so you say Michael Jordan. But yeah, you had Robin and Pippen, and, and you had a nice solid backcourt. No stars, but you had at least those parts of the puzzle. And then you had Magic Johnson. That whole team was a Hall of Fame but caliber. But when you look at those teams, <laughs> That LA team was already there before Magic got there. You know, but what I'm, yeah, no, I'm not talking about the guys leaving for other teams right now. I'm just talking about the phenomenon of having like one guy. Right now, and now we did have that in Houston for years with, with Moses Malone, where right. he was the one guy. Right. But that's a that was the exception to the rule. Now you have a bunch of teams with just one guy. Maybe uh, what San Antonio with artists. Well, no, they had George Gervin at the time, so no, that doesn't apply. But you look at these teams. You look at a team like Anthony Davis. Oh, uh, well, the New Orleans Pelicans. They have nothing to go with Anthony Davis, even if if Drew Holiday is playing and Tariq Evans is playing. They still, I mean, this guy is a bona fide superstar in this league, and he has zero chance to to go to the NBA Finals. He he, let I mean, he may not even make it to the playoffs. Obviously, they one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. So, and, and you know, you have a great player like that. Then you have Demarcus Cousins. Who, you know, he's an aloof kind of player. But can you think of a better guy? I mean, a better big guy in the NBA other than those two. I mean, he, this guy is a special, special player, and Sacramento has no chance to do anything. Isaiah Thomas in, in Boston has a little bit better case, but, you know, DeMar DeRozan, he has uh, Kyle Lowry. He has uh, some guys around him. But, again, there are a lot of guys around this league that are really good that have no chance, and I think that that's kind of new. I mean, put some historical perspective on that for me. But with that part, that's where the front office comes in. That's where you have to have those guys that get paid to make these decisions. Hey, I have to draft right. I have to go out and pick the right free agent. So it, it's it's a lot of work do, in order to do get you these think, guys. You think it's pressure on these guys now to look? They look at look. It's easy to see. You see what they've assembled in 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 Cleveland. You see what they've assembled in, in Oakland or in the Bay Area with Golden State. Hey, you do you think a guy like Anthony Davis says to himself, "Man, maybe maybe I have to do this. Maybe I don't want to do this, but it's an arms race, and I don't have. I mean, because I've always been critical of the guys leaving. I don't I don't not like it, and I just I hate when guys leave where they go to go be with someone else. I don't, I don't. Maybe it's a new era and things but, have changed. But the, uh, and another thing that I, I I tend to say is these guys don't work hard like the older guys did. They don't prepare. To me, you know, they they take off, which is, which is great. Get your body healed. You know, they go on a cruise. They do the family thing, and that's great. They get a trainer and they do that. But I look back at when I ran. I was assistant director with the uh, Houston Pro City Summer League. Every NBA guy would come to play. Right. And they didn't make nearly the money that these guys have. 
and these guys worked on their craft. I mean, I, I probably would have two or three guys from each NBA team here in Houston to play. But these guys don't do that anymore. It's, it's a different era. It's a different type of, of player. They don't do those type of things no more that made these guys successful. So everybody's doing their own thing. And I, I think that tends to hurt it as well. Yeah, well, like I said, it, it's a, a tough, tough deal. A couple of things that I noticed around uh, the NBA, one of them is kind of weird and funny to me. Uh, Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan still haven't mended their friendship after falling out a few years ago because Barkley was critical of Jordan as a GM. And it always has made me feel like, I, I just felt like Barkley places too much importance on Jordan. Uh, you know, Jordan, if you want to act funny, he, I heard a quote from him. He said, I love him like a brother. He said, I love him like a brother five times in the course of a two-minute or whatever comment, a, a clip of his his comments. You know, uh, is that, I mean, wh- what is your take on that? I, I, it's not a big deal. It's not even a, a relevant story, but it's just an interesting thing. Two of the more, most powerful, influential guys in basketball, because we can think about Barkley's appeal on TNT. You take him off of that show and you just have Shaq, Ernie, and, and Kenny, it's not the same. You you need Barkley. Barkley has a lot of power around this league and, and what he says, a lot of people listen to him. And then, of course, Jordan is it's Jordan. He is basketball. What do you make of these two Titans not being able to, to, to get along? I, re- I really don't play into it. I mean, it, to me, it's just two guys that have some differences that's no different than anybody else. I mean, you, you, you're free to say whatever you want to say, and Charles says some things that some people don't agree with, says some that you do agree with. He, he He's that guy that can say what you, you want to say. And I guess maybe what he said is touched on with Michael and they don't speak, so – I kind of I hear and I don't hear, so you know that's that's that. I mean, it's no different than anybody else. Now, uh, another really heartwarming story: uh, Isaiah Austin, a former ba- Baylor basketball star, who was informed, uh, really, what days before the NBA draft that he could no he couldn't make it in the NBA because he had a uh, diagnosis of Marfan syndrome, a genetic heart condition uh, that was thought to be uh, career-ending. Well, this guy, it turns out, was medically cleared to play for the first time since 2014. And and it was such a touching moment when he the NBA said, look, this kid was was supposed to be a, a lottery pick. He can't play. His career is over. So the NBA uh, and the commissioner drafted him, uh, a symbolic drafting of him uh, to the NBA. And there was not a lot of dry eyes in the building. Uh, what are your thoughts? What a what a heartwarming story. Hopefully he can come back and, and play, but you worry about his health. I mean, you look at a guy like Chris Bosh in a similar situation with a, a different issue uh, with clot, blood clots and stuff like that. But uh, how, how heartwarming is it that Isaiah Austin uh, will have an opportunity to fulfill his dreams? I'm, I'm pulling for Isaiah, uh, you know, to work hard like this all your life, uh, you know, uh, getting your studies uh, as the student athlete first and then being able to position yourself to uh, fulfill a lifelong dream. And then, you know, like you say, days before uh, the NBA draft, it's like Snatched the, under the world yes. is pulled from under you and, you know, it's, it, it's tough. And then uh, go through possibly some of the things and test or possibly the – 
that what he had to go through and now being medically cleared. I mean, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm pulling for this guy. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking a few teams will uh, uh, take a chance on this guy. Hey, man, with that, uh, before we get out of here, any uh, on the college basketball landscape, have you turned your attention to, to college basketball yet? Yes, been on there. And the reasons that I've been watching it is, you know, I'm, I'm big in the AAU deal here and, and some of the guys that are now playing – I'm I'm beginning to watch, watch them on your TV. Guys. I watch these guys play, you know, and I've been watching some of them since. Give me, give me, program. give me one name this week. I mean, we'll we'll talk about more of those guys. Give me one name this week of one of your guys that we can kind of uh, scour the internet for. Look, look. Oh uh, well, would it be a guy that played for me or a guy that oh, I've well, been a guy, around? Oh, guy that well, you, I'll, you, I'll give you a few of them, and 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 I'll well, go through okay, quick. Go ahead. All right, we have the Darren Fox kid at. At Kentucky, I, I, I met De'Aaron possibly when he was like fourth, fifth grade, and to watch him progress, and he's playing uh, the point guard position at the University of Kentucky. He's a freshman. Also, Carson Edwards, he's at the University of Purdue. Right. Uh, same thing with Carson, third, fourth grade, and now to watch these guys there. Now one of my guys, uh, Daniel Utomi, at the University of Akron. Okay, So the Zips, right? The Zips. So, you know, to to, to sit back and you can kind of watch these guys that you've been seeing since grade school and now they're the talk of CBS and ESPN and things like that, man. You're like, man, where's this time have gone, you know? But it's great to look back at those guys like that. Hey, with that, Heyman, want to thank you. Going to our two-minute mix. Yes, I'm the. Only, I have to be. I can. I can only imagine that I'm the only podcast with a two-minute mix, or not quite two-minute mix. Gonna get into a two-minute mix, Kev. I would certainly appreciate you, man. And of course, you're gonna be a part of the podcast whenever you're available, whenever you can be. We want you in the building. Uh, how can folks get at you on Twitter? You can get at me at at Allen Allen Ron Ten. Again, that's at Allen, Allen Ron 10, A-L-L-E-N, A-L-L-E-N-R-O-N-1-0. And, and I tell you what, if you have a young kid that wants to play basketball in, in the greater Houston area, no better guy to get your kid ready and, and possibly get him a scholarship or get him ready to play on the next level than, than, than Kevin Allen. And I know you do a great job with the kids. And because you are you are about the kids first. Right. You're not, you know, it's not about all of those things. You know, some of these guys about whatever, you know, glorifying their name. You're not that kind of guy. You're about the kids first, and you genuinely care. I respect you so much for that. So if you have a kid in the greater Houston area and that you think may have a chance to, to uh, or really has a passion and love for basketball, you send him to this guy, he'll get him ready. How about that? <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, man, it's time for the two-minute mix. Let's get it. Coming up next on the other side, uh, former NFL linebacker Eddie Robinson. It's the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast.
Welcome back to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Hope you enjoyed the uh, nearly two-minute mix. As promised, uh, we want to welcome in former NFL linebacker Eddie Robinson. And if you listen in the greater Houston area, you've heard him on Sports Talk with Devin Wade on KTSU. Uh, but now we get him on the podcast. And uh, again, he spent a lot of years with the Oilers, uh, the Titans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, he's a swag guy, uh, which is, you know, a big, big deal around these parts. So uh, good morning, Eddie. Thank you so much for hanging out. Um, let's uh, let's get right into it. Cowboys ha- had a, a big win Thursday night over the Vi- Vikings. Are they your favorites to go to the Super Bowl right now? I know it's a lot of football left, but who are your two teams that will go right now? Well, I think the sentimental matchup is probably the Cowboys and the Raiders. I think. Sentimental for who? I mean, Not just, for me. <laughs> Not for and, me and at all. Me, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Houston Oilers, so I'm an anti-Cowboy fan. And I yes. was I was a Steeler fan growing up as a kid. So I don't think I've ever rooted for the Cowboys. Me but either. you have to root for the quarterback uh, and the running back, Zeke Elliott. And, and so, Dak I mean, Prescott. Dak yeah. Prescott. So you got to like those two guys. I mean, two rookies doing what they're doing is just – it's like winning the lottery for Jerry Jones. There's no way anyone could have predicted that those two no. guys would play as well as they have. No. Uh, granted, the pieces I, you know in what? place. To, to put that in perspective on my fantasy, and this tells you how bad I am at fantasy, my thought going into the season was Alpha Morris would be right. the, the workhorse because you figure where the rookie would hit a wall and they don't want they'll bring him along slowly. And then you still have Romo chunking the ball all over the field. Yep. And all of a sudden, you know, now you have him as the workhorse. So that tells you how how I thought it's, about the was, season. It's just uh, it's luck of the draw. I, bet, I guess for all of those bad picks or uh, picks that didn't work out for Jerry Jones is all kind of coming back. He's double down, double down. Now he's winning all his money. So back. how can he screw this up? <laughs> you really you really can't. But the one thing I will say and I you know I went to Seattle, uh well Seattle played the Saints and I watched the Seahawks play. Really good team. They're just coming along. To me that's the team you got to watch out for because they're a veteran team. They're getting healthy. You have the Jimmy Graham factor. If he starts to play like the old Jimmy Graham, right. which he's and the, starting and he's to start, he's hitting his stride. And so, you know, the running back injuries they have, but you have to like defense. Defense travels. And if somehow Dallas blows the home field advantage, they have to go to Seattle some yeah, kind of way. Yeah, that won't happen. Which yeah. probably won't happen. But still, you know, Seattle's a team that they can go on the road with a confidence and they can go into Cowboy Stadium and they can soundly beat the Cowboys. I don't care what anybody says. That To me, I think one of those two teams would come out the NFC. And then the AFC, I mean – you have to like the Raiders, what they're doing, but you never know can they get there. Uh, the Patriots, until somebody beat them, like it or not, you know, Tom Brady's back in Houston. So okay, that, that's so, how I would look at so it. So here's, here's what I said. I said this on the last podcast. I'll say it again today. The Cowboys and the Patriots will not go to the Super Bowl. Now, I, and I said there's a team that I like in the AFC is a team that nobody will talk about outside of, like, the Midwest. The Kansas City Chiefs are a team to watch. The only the only thing that holds them back is you don't have that consistency at running back. You have Spencer Ware, but you have solid play. Did you see that game yeah, Sunday night? I mean, you have you have you talk about defense that can travel. That defense can travel and go anywhere. And and, and you're just now getting Justin Houston back. He had three sacks in the right. first half of his second game back. You have Tomba Ali. You have Barry. You have guys, uh, Derek Johnson, that linebacker that I mentioned in the first segment. This team, I'm excited about this team. And and again, Travis Kelsey. You know, the sum of their parts is a a, a good football team. They don't excite you. You're not afraid of them. But I think when you talk about a wide-open AFC with Gronkowski going out in New England, and I think they've had a 
relatively easy schedule. I don't think they've been tested enough. Now, you, I always like the teams from the AFC North, Baltimore, Pittsburgh more. Now, I think I think they, they run their yeah, course. That, yeah. that flame is dying down. I'm, I'll go with you more in the West. I mean, you have to like Oakland, Kansas City. I, don't, I won't go with Oakland. And also Denver. I mean, I think Denver, defense for defense, they stack up with Kansas City. And they have, to me, they're real similar because they have the limits at quarterback. Coaching wise, you know, Kubiak and, and also um, Andy Reid. Andy Reid. I mean, the coaching fact, you have two very good coaches. So I think those two guys, uh, the AFC may be a little bit more open, but I'm still going to put, I'm going to hitch my wagon to Tom Brady. Now, we all know the way you beat Tom Brady is to get a pass rush with the guys in the front four. Denver and Kansas City can rush him with the front four and cause havoc without having the blitz. And of right. course, that's how the Giants beat him in the Super Bowl. You know, that's how you right. beat him in the right. Super in right. big games. If you get a pass rush with the front four, you can com- not confuse him, but you just make it hard on him to complete passes down the field. Right. Well, I say no team that doesn't have a, a lot of or, or any playoff experience won't won't go to the Super Bowl. I don't. That's why I would rule out Oakland. That's why I rule out the Cowboys. In the NFC, I was really high on Seattle. You know, and again, they go to Tampa. They don't play well. Earl Thomas was out. You see how important he is. Everybody talk, talks about Cam Chancellor, but Earl Thomas. And Earl Thomas put a lick on Gronkowski. Yeah. They really shook yeah. him up. They set him up for this other injury. But the I thing mean, about it with Seattle, one of the thing about them, I don't care. They kind of remind you of the Giants, who, who you still got to have to watch out for. No matter how they play getting to the playoffs, when the light comes on for the playoffs, they will be ready to play because they've done it before. So, And their defense will be there. And so I, I think from an experience standpoint, I can't go against Seattle with them making plays in big situations at home or on the road. And Russell Wilson moving better. And, and really up until last week, they were running the ball a lot better. Yeah, and Russell Wilson is just getting healthy. McCoy, Russell Wilson hasn't been healthy the whole season. And so, yeah. I mean, going down the stretch, you're expecting – the Russell Wilson, who was doing all the things he can, he can do so much more than he did in the first eight weeks, just because he was limited. Running against Jerry McCoy and a really credible defense in Tampa, uh, really, really affected uh, Seattle. They just couldn't get yeah. it going. Uh, the thing I looked at for the Cowboys too, uh, going at before Thursday night, they were only plus three in the turnover margin. And I think you know to have a a Super Bowl caliber defense, you have to be a defense that capitalizes. Remember the Saints a couple years went and really like that plus, was a plus. horrible. Defense. 25 plus yeah, 29. But yeah. since you plus 25 in the turnover you know, on, a, on a, a, a defense that you can run on and pass on, but they were able to force those turnovers. Same thing with, you know, Dallas didn't have that. And really going into the game Thursday, I picked Minnesota to win because you're going up against a Minnesota team where they can't protect the quarterback. Poor Sam Bradford, by the right. way. Uh, but they were plus 12 in the, in the turnover margin. Uh, and again, I, they missed the call on a two point conversion. But, you know, you that, that thing. Those things happen. Uh, the bottom line is, boy, if they could have protected Sam Bradford this season, they really would have been a Super Bowl contender without an MVP caliber running back in the, or a MVP in, in Adrian Peterson and a really up-and-coming quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. So, you know, I look at a team, a team nobody else is talking about, but in eight days we'll hear from them, the Giants versus the Cowboys. Right. The New York Giants – you know, no Coughlin there. Coughlin was kind of your security blanket in December and January. He's not there, but uh, under McAdoo, can this team? I don't think so. I I, I think they have all the parts, though. They have all the parts, but I just you named Seattle. I mean, you named. Don't forget the Falcons. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you can forget about the, 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 the Giants. Sorry, ATL listeners. <laughs> 
I mean, the Cowboys, I, I just don't see the Giants as that team that can win on the road because they'll be a wild card team. I don't, okay, but, okay, I don't see them but as a team on. that could take it on the road. And But the one thing about it, I mean, you have to look at, I mean, the quarterback, he, he's he's just, you know, the Manning kid, Eli, he's just all over the place. But I mean, he, he, look, he, he can, did it when he had to do he it. He always does it when he has to do it. If not for the two Super Bowls, Eli Manning may not be a starter <laughs> right now. But Hey, man, if not for a 4 3 not, 40, or, a bunch right. of guys wouldn't even be in the league. <laughs> Correct. So, I mean, <laughs> you have to like Eli to say, hey, can he get hot? You know, January, it, can he get hot again? And so you can't totally count him out, but that's that's not a safe bet. But you, you know? got Odell Beckham Jr. You have some – You have some, you have so, talent around and, and I'll tell you what, you, and you talk about, yeah, they may not be able to go to a lot of places, but they can go to Dallas and win. That's a division game. Right. I mean, we know once you get into division games, all bets are off. Well, you know each other so well. Right. And, and so that's the they're thing. They're not and, fr- afraid and, of the Cowboys. And those coaches, I mean, they're going to go back to the same bread and butter plays. They won't change a whole lot. I mean, but the Cowboys, you have to think the quarterback, the running back, Ezekiel. I mean, those two guys, they're still young guys. You have to wonder. I mean, they're going on emotion, and we're we're flying high. Will they hit a wall? Will you... they hit a wall? And will that wall come in the in the first round of the playoffs? Because it's a long NFL season. Now, granted, you know, you had Ohio State, you're playing a long college season too. You talk about playoffs and all that stuff too. And so, I don't know if those guys can get there, but that offensive line is there. So, I mean, the Cowboys, it, I don't think it's a clear-cut favor like everybody thinks. I mean, that 10-1 record, I mean, it looks good, sounds good. I mean, I don't care if they go 15-1. and one. Once the playoffs start, I only have to be better than you for 60 minutes. I don't care what the records are. And so, I mean, so I, so I think that it's still wide open, AFC and NFC. It's a lot of teams that you can fight a good argument for. I, I want to ask you about a team in the AFC South, the Houston Texans, and really more importantly, the, the the trending pick, if you you, you you're buying low and selling high, uh, it looks like the Tennessee Titans are getting a lot of love lately. They're starting to, and again, not as a Super Bowl contender, but maybe as a team that can uh, that could get to the playoffs and 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 really win that division over the Houston Texans. What are your thoughts on Tennessee? I know you have some Tennessee ties. Uh, you know those guys and some of the guys up in that area and in the front office. What are your thoughts on Tennessee and DeMarco Murray getting going? Well, I think they're a team that has you know kind of taken the the windy road to get to where they are now. Right. And every time you think they're they're getting better, they get worse. But they've beaten some teams very soundly coming down the stretch. And keep in mind that last game, uh, New Year's Day. Titans at the Texans could beat it for the division. And, of course, right. if you, if you so win the division, that would be you, so I think it would be great. I mean, but if you win the division, of course, you get a home playoff game. So, I mean, one of those two teams could very well maybe make it to the second round of playoffs. Neither one of them are Super Bowl contenders, but they're good enough teams with good enough personnel where they can mix it up and maybe upset somebody who's not paying attention to them. Yeah, well, we saw it when y'all did it to Buffalo. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and the the, the biggest upset I think that I was a part of when we were the Jaguars uh, was 96. We went into Denver and and beat a Denver team that went on to win two back-to-back Super Bowls. And that was the game that, had we played them the next day, they had to beat us by 30. But everything – just went perfect. We that made day, yeah. we made all the tackles. We didn't make any mistakes. You know, we just played a perfect game. And so that's one of those things where you're left shaking your head like, wow. 
You know, it, even as a player, you're like, wow, we beat them. <laughs> okay, yeah, we beat them, you know. Yeah. But then we went on the next week and beat Buffalo, too. So it was just Natron Bean started to, to click. Yeah, the young Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, right. you know, Keenan McCardell. So it was it was a good run. You but, still talk to those guys, by the way? Oh, yeah, still do. I mm-hmm. went down to Jacksonville. They, you know, all of these teams are doing, like, NFL alumni weekends now, which is, like, a big deal, which I think like homecoming. Great. Yeah, yeah, homecoming. Yeah, homecoming type of, of deal. Yeah. So And the guys get to reconnect and stuff like that. So, I mean, I always think of you as a, a oiler, but I guess you probably think of yourself more as a, what, a Tennessee Titan? Yeah, I'm more all or slash Titan. I don't think you can – I think they both go together for guys like me who played in both places. Because, you know, like look, the, when you came around – now, that was when I was really getting sort of in my infancy as a uh, sports reporter. That You walked in that locker room and there was not space for ego because <laughs> it was filled up with your Sean Joneses and everybody stayed away from Ray Childress and then you brought yeah, in Wilbur Marshall. Fullers and Webster Slaughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, when you brought in Webster. Yeah, oh man, these guys, and then of course my boy Haywood, who wanted me to tell you how by the way, Ernest, he, he, Givens, yeah, yeah. Ernest. All, all that was guys. the crazy. I was like, <laughs> it was a circus, and just to be around that was an incredible locker room. You won't see locker rooms like that anymore. Yeah, and actually, I saw Spencer Tillman, who who was probably, I mean, he's nice and smooth, polished Spencer Tillman on the right. air, but he was just as big a character as everybody else. Yeah, I heard and about I, the I, incident I between him day. and Lamar Lathan. <laughs> no, well, him and him and Wilbur Marshall. It was one day at practice when Spencer Tillman, you know, we doing the one on one pass blocking drill and it's like October November when you know you're in the downhill stretch of the season you shouldn't be going full speed right so Spencer is in Wilbur Marshall Wilbur Marshall just for some reason it was like a buddy Ryan thing let's just go full speed today so he just runs full speed runs over Spencer knocks him down flips him over so Spencer (laughs) takes his helmet off he throws it down hey this is a bunch of BS we all on the same team he walks off the field Goes into the locker room with his helmet on, take the keys, and goes left. to the car and left the building. We were like, <laughs> so, and comes back the next day and practice and nothing happens. So, like, it's one of those things as, as a young guy, this is my like second year in the league. I'm like, wow. So that's how you do it. when you get mad. You just go and you call. I'm out of here. I'm going home. Well, I tell you a story about. I mean, there's so many stories about that era. I remember Haywood Jeffrey's dad went over there, and uh, they he did for whatever reason, whoever was doing security that they didn't recognize him or know him because he'd right. been around a little bit, but not a lot. And uh, he got angry because security didn't want to let him in. He said, look, I'll pull my son off of this thing. <laughs> like, this ain't Little League. Right, this is the yeah. NFL. But- it was funny. But it was, it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, that was one of those teams where if you could have just got that playoff win, you you wonder what could have happened. Oh, man. But yeah. uh, as far uh, the as the talent-wise the- and, and the great group of guys who – who although it's like the classic dysfunctional family, right. hey, we're going to fuss at each other, but don't you on other team fuss at us and we'll beat the crap out of you. Right. So it was it was a lot of fun. And hey. those guys taught me a lot about being a professional, which I think we don't have now. You know, as a, as a 22-year-old going in that locker room, you shut up, you showed up on time, and you did your job. You didn't have an opinion because you had a bunch of grown men who was going <laughs> to squash that opinion and take you to the to, to the goalpost real quick. Right, and if right. you didn't get that, the next day all your clothes would be in ice. I mean, they'll just keep going with you. Your car be missing. So you you knew early on, like, hey, this is my role. I'm going to learn my role and do my job. But then as I got to be a veteran player, I mean, I think it just helped me so much to stay in the league for 11 years because they showed you how to be professionals. You know, you say what you want about – what went on in practice, the arguments and everything. When the when the when the whistle blew, I mean those guys were ready to play football and, and they knew how to play. I mean, you had a lot of guys who had Pro Bowl careers that were on that team. Right. One year they sent nine to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. had like all four receivers, you know, Curtis right. Duncan, Ernest Givens, right. Haywood, Webb, all four receivers in the Pro Bowl. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, just yeah. just a bunch of good guys, you know. Now, have you been around a team that talented? Did you play with any other team that talented? I know you went to the Super Bowl, but any other team that talented? Yeah, probably not. Not not from top to bottom. I mean, when I played with the the Titans, I mean, it was Javon Curse and the rest of us. Right. I mean, he he was the. You know, he was like the we were a bunch of F one fifties, and he was a he was a Ferrari. You right. Know what I'm <laughs> right. And so I mean, he was uh, he was everything. But it was so many good, solid players that we were able to have a great defense. You know, we were the number one defense in the league that year. But right. just from individual talent, like on Top the roster, bottom, right. guys who can go to any team in the league and start. Nah, we didn't. I've never been on a team with those type of guys. Yeah, man, that was a uh, and that was a privilege. And then you look at, at what Houston has to offer now. It's a, it's, a, it's night and day. Although I do want to compare Jadavion Clowney since we're talking about it to Javon Curse. Can he be that? Because I think he's starting to play well. I think he's starting to play well against the run. He's not as explosive as as Curse yet, but he, he's starting to come along. I mean, he's not. I mean, I, I don't think moving. You see enough that he's not going to be a bust if he can stay healthy. Right, he, he's going to be Mario Williams. I mean, that's, nah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, Kevin calls him little Mario. So. He's, he's he's a little Mario. I mean, he's to me, he's going to be a good, solid player once he kind of gets to the NFL mode of 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 how he's supposed to be and conduct himself as a professional. He'll be a eight to twelve sack a win a year guy. And he'll make some plays, but will he be a, a difference maker, an impact defensive player of the year guy? I don't see that. Oh, you know, it's I, still early. And then you get JJ White back. Well, maybe and the, reason, the reason I say that is not because of athletic ability; it's because of work ethic. And and my my thought was this: if you're gonna bite, you're gonna bite as a puppy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if, you, if you're gonna work hard and you're gonna be that guy. You would have already showed me signs of being that guy. Very, very few guys can click the light on in their third or fourth year. If it's wow. going to happen, you got it. You know, you may yeah. not show it, but it's flat. Like Odell Beckham, rookie year, he got it. Right. You know, you may not like him, but he got it. So he has, you know, potential to do something. Well, with that, I want to wind this podcast down. Uh, and, again, I want to have you in because we're going to do the Ron Flores Entertainment Moment. And I am going to do the next uh, episode, and I hope you're part of it, uh, we're doing black exploit the black exploitation trivia game. No, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm it, hands down. I win that. I, I, still, I got VCR tapes of everything. The Mac, what you want? Oh, <laughs> hey, look, I'm going that. deeper. <laughs> you know, like okay, I'm at this level, but I go to this level. You, okay. you have to you have to take it up well, and I'll brush up on my skills before you I come back. You better do then. your research because I'm doing. I'm and telling no cell phones in the room because guys no, can't Google. We don't want right. nobody cheating in here. It's the black exploitation uh, <laughs> trivia contest. That's what we're going to have during the next podcast. But hey, I want to thank you. You came up on short notice. I could talk to you. I mean, we'll, we'll talk for hours, I'm sure, throughout the course of this podcast. But again, uh, you know, I always enjoy hearing from you. And a lot to talk about as this season progresses. So we invite you back. And uh, we hope that you are certainly a part of it. I want to remind you guys, uh, how can they get in touch with you? On you on Twitter. Give us the, your, yeah, your I'm Twitter, on Twitter handle. It's real simple. It's erob50, E-R-O-B-5-0. And, uh, of course, I'm at Wade's Word. And you can subscribe to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Pretty soon we'll be on TuneIn and uh, Google Play and all those good things. So I want to thank you for spending part of your uh, day listening to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade, uh, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Thanks again. This has been episode three. We certainly appreciate you listening. And as as, uh, always, have a great day.